Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Welcome along to the Wise Men Say podcast. We are here to discuss Sunderland's draw with Accrington Stanley and see if we can start to pick up the pieces from the explosion that is Sunderland's promotion courage. But we're still in the playoffs, so we'll talk about that and the other teams. We have to just accept now that automatics um, not going to happen. Um, it would be very Peterborough, mind, to lose all their games, but you can't see Sunderland winning three. So joining myself, Stephen Goldsmith, is Gareth Barker to pick through the pieces. Mm. Fun, isn't it? Great. Can't, can't wait. Let's hope it's therapeutic. That's the line we've we've pushed out mm. for, what, what is it, like eight years we've done this now? Mm. Um, we might have a good season one year to talk about. That was something that well, really sometimes it ends... It ends... You know, when he went in the Premier League, yeah, it was crap to struggle, but like the ending was great, wasn't it? Yeah. And the most, you know, the most recent, you know, we're all positive two weeks ago about how great everything was. And I think we're all, you know, thinking about all the places we'd be visiting as a level above. And, you know, now it's like the fact we've, like, the way we've collapsed is, nobody would have seen this happening. Yeah. No, nah, nah, definitely not. And uh, Michael Luff is with us to talk about the current goings on as well. Okay, yep, delighted to be here, obviously. Yep. Of course you are. We'll <laughs> pick did... each other up. That's all here for moral I think support. The, re- the reason I'm delighted I'm on tonight is because I'm just really glad I didn't have to do the reaction pod on Saturday. Like credit to Matt and Rory for actually being quite measured because I certainly wasn't in a measured frame of mind around five o'clock on Saturday yeah. night. Well, well, we'll we'll talk about the game, and then I, I just I only ten minutes or so on this to be fair, because I think people will probably be more interested in us just having a, a bit of a discussion about, as I said at the start, that where you know what the situation is, who's in form, who's out of form, what the playoff picture could look like now, because that does look unpredictable, unlike the the top two spots. Um, the performance on Saturday, I mean, the first twelve minutes was excellent. <laughs> Someone racing a two goal lead, everybody's happy. And then, you know, just to reflect the wider picture over the last couple of weeks, the wheels come off. There's a cliche again, and there's a term again. But uh, does anybody have make a start or make an attempt at, at seeing where things started to go wrong on Saturday? Um, I think we, in, in, in playing the way we did, which is the right way we should have played the game, against Akring and you, the way they play, it suits them. It suits them to be in an open game. That's what they like. Um, and it's a, 
I think they're very much of the well, we'll try and outscore. Um, we'll try and outscore you if we can. Um, because obviously defensively they are very bad. I mean, the way we were just getting through the midfield and picking up spaces in front of their back forward, running at them in, at will in the first half. I mean, it was. There wasn't one Sunderland fan watching that. It was laughable, not thinking really. This is going to, yeah. Oh, there wasn't one Sunderland fan thinking five, six here. Like. Yeah, and there's not one Sunderland fan that was watching that game who didn't have that thought cross the mind when we went two 0 up to say this is going to be, this is potentially going to be a cricket score. Um, credit to Ackerton, Mickey, but um, it's 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 unacceptable. The defending for the two goals, you know, it's a good it's a good place to start as any. And um, both unacceptable for different reasons. Well, I think what really worried me, I mean, the, the, the two goals are annoying and there's no doubt about it. But what really annoyed me on Saturday was the way we reacted to them getting the goal back because, as Gareth pointed out, that Aquiton do like to engage in an open style of football and that's the way that we played. So fair enough, maybe you could win the game. Like if we went on to win the game 4-1, 5-1, it doesn't matter. But the point is you pick yourselves back up, you get back on the front foot. But as soon as we went 2-1 down, we capitulated. And why that was um, like kind of really, really frustrating was because against Hull, when they got back to the game and equalised a 2 all, and Hull could have sailed promotion that night, we didn't cave. And I came away from that game thinking, right, we've given ourselves a bit of a platform now. We've given ourselves like a foundation to have a good end of the season. And then on Saturday, we were playing like so, we were so in control. It was like playing FIFA on like a really low difficulty level. And you're trying to score like the most elaborate goal possible because you can't just score a standard one because that would be too boring because that was kind of how it felt on Saturday. And then just as a save, the way we capitulated second half was just absolutely unacceptable. I mean, it was it was weird. It wasn't like, I mean, the, the goal, the, the equaliser was like a ridiculous hit really. Um, and then yeah, they did put the third one aside because that's a great goal. I, and I, then, I, but like, and then, but even the like the first one was a good goal, but it comes from it was a good pass inside inside the, the centre half and good finish. Um, but scoring let the ball run across him in the middle of in the middle of our half. Like, why is he? Why do you let? Why is he letting the ball bounce past you? And then you turn possession over, and then they're on you again. Um, you know, and they were taking up some again attacking spaces. They took up some really good positions, and the forwards are decent, physical, quick. Like you know, I think that Bishop scored a fair few goals, hasn't he? Like, and he came from like a non-league team. Um, but you know, that's a game. Defensively, across the board, was there's something wrong? And I, I don't think it's as simple as saying, oh, it's because of individuals. It, it It's a mentality thing across the board, I think. And, you know, Johnson touched on it after the game where he was saying in terms of, you know, the protocol, as he likes to, you know, as keeps being referred to, we're not doing certain things. Obviously, when that's all ticking over, you probably don't notice the good work that we're doing. It's kind of like hidden in plain sight. If if it's not fully functioning and it breaks down, then you get those situations where, like he's talking about the spaces, you know, the inability to press the ball because our starting positions are wrong, things like that. That's obviously where it's going wrong because we were defending so well from the front before. Um, and winning balls back high up the pitch. Whereas, you know, recently defensively we've been letting people come on to us too much and 
eventually you're going to get punished, especially when you've got someone like Bailey Wright coming back from injury, Denver Hume coming back from injury. I thought Hume was excellent in the first well, half I, yeah. and he was decent in the second. But again, it just didn't feel like it was an individual problem. It was a collective, a collective desire to defend and not just well, some in, people would say box. that if you've got if you've got two unfit defenders and two midfielders in a back four, then you're gonna you're gonna have problems. Mm. Have, have we have we just pushed our luck too long? And I know Bailey Wright is a proper defender, and we've had this debate amongst ourselves. And and you know, yes, he's been wor- you know arguably worse than anybody else, but you can still acknowledge and point out that playing midfielders in defence over and over again your luck's going to run out. And and it looks like that's happening now, week in, week out, to me, in my opinion. Um, you know, people aren't surprised that I've... Uh, I'm not trying to single all nine out because, you know, as you can see, you know, as you've said to me before, well, Baylor Wright's an actual defender and he's arguably playing worse, but it doesn't matter. Well, I don't think it's, it's arguable. It's an, I think he definitely it's is another problem. Worse. Right, OK, but it's another problem, isn't it? Do you know what I mean? That They're, they're two different things. They're going to be two different things. Yeah. And it's just... It's going to catch up with you, and we've been seeing it. We were seeing it when we were winning every week. We need we need to find a way to stop this from happening. Now, if they can't do it because the players aren't can't do it, but we we were seeing when we were winning, so we're not, you know, this is not being revisionist about it. We pointed out there our luck will come to an end at some point, unless they can find a stable back four with ideally four defenders in. And is that what's happening now, Miggy? It's just catching up on us at the wrong time. Yeah, it's definitely one of those things. I think, I know it sounds like a silly comment, but when you have the likes of, um, sorry, not Bailey Wright, but Luke O9 and Max Power filling at the back, like everyone says they're doing great until they make a mistake. And then all of a sudden it shifts to, oh, well, like this is what like happens. You rate what you saw and all that. So I do agree. It has. I'm not saying it's been coming, but you do kind of like ride your luck week in, week out. You get away with your mistake. And then suddenly you kind of, when they do make mistakes, you start to notice like more frailties in the overall game, if that makes sense. And I don't think there's any coincidence that since we've stopped looking so solid as a unit at the back, I think the form of Lee Burgess taking the dip. And I'm not saying that's an excuse for him. I'm just saying I think that's been like a direct correlation as well. And But I, I do agree with Gareth's point as well. Like it is all over the pitch. It, we're not pressing from the front anywhere near as well as what we have been, particularly in the second half. And I think, I just go back to what I said before, as soon as they got back in the big game and got back to one on Saturday, we just stopped doing all the good things that we did to get ourselves into that really comfortable position in the first place. And that's really worrying because if that's Arrington Stanley can put that amount of pressure on you and cause a performance to dip, what's going to happen Like if we do in the in the playoff campaign against decent teams, if we have a lead and all of a sudden they get a goal back out of nothing, like it's worrying. That, that was something I was thinking about, Mickey, actually. Yeah, I was going to make a point in the second half. It's like... Yeah. Because we've had this man, we had a mentality before where, well, if we score once, we're getting something out of the game. Whereas now, see, you get in the first leg of the playoffs or the second leg of the playoffs, you go 2 0 up in 15 minutes. Normally, you'd be like, great. And obviously, you'd want that to happen. But it's, it's in the back of your mind, isn't it? Psychologically, a few weeks ago, we were in this position against weaker opposition. And we chucked it. Now there's an argument actually to say that the teams we, we the teams we've probably come up against the playoff won't play like Akron. They won't play the same way, even though they might have players of a superior ability. They won't play the same way. Look at Blackpool. They didn't play open against us at all. 
that they barely had a shot on target. Like they, they scored well, from an, um, a mistake. Like most of the goals what? are conceded. Like that's like when it's not like we're being like cut open all the time and conceding goals. We're like all the goals we're conceding are just like really poor mistakes, like own goals and the goalkeeper letting them in through his legs and like Josh Gunn slicing the ball at the roof of his own net and things like that. Like I don't think Josh Gunn's ever struck a ball cleanly in his life. It's apart from every- then. Uh, everything, everything, everything's a scuff or like a slice, right. or it's just awesome. It's just his techniques are absolutely awful for someone who's played in the league above. Like, yeah, I can't work him out at all. Leans like... back as far as he possibly can lean back. To be um, fair to him, in the first half, he like everybody, he did, he did pretty well in the first half. I thought scoring, but and I don't want to like single him out and have a go at him because it's probably not fair because he he did play better at the weekend, but. He's better than Winchester at the weekend, I thought. Um, but you know, it's, once you get into the position, you're two 0 up, like against a team who are bottom half the table. There's no way you should be dropping points in that game. And we did. Any any players come out with credit? Charlie White, two goals again. Yeah, nice well, to see. At the right, good good time to get back into the into the scoring into some scoring form. Yeah, Agidi. Uh, was a threat. Wyke, Gooch did well first half. But well, I was, la- I was, was glad bit... Gooch got that assist because we—that's something yeah. he's been criticised about a lot yeah. when he get, when he gets in that position, his final ball. So that was encouraging to see. Yeah, I think Diamond, good when he came on. Shaking the head by Nicky Luff. Really? Well, what do you mean? No, I just come well, on, you two, come on, to be at this end. I, no, I can't I, understand how you can watch that and say that he didn't have a positive influence in the game. He's rang the length of the pitch, the equaliser, and passed well, it to Max Power, who but scored. He, and he nearly fell over the ball five times. Like, uh, but fair he, enough, but fair he didn't en- fall over the ball. But I, fair enough, but like, he dug it out. He wasn't convincing. Like, it's like saying like, someone, someone's made three saves and gone, well, he nearly let them in. But no, it's not like... But, um, it is, because he set them up and he scored. He's run 70 yards and set the, set them up. I mean... I, I know I know what you mean, but it, it was like kind of... You know, you know it's just squared. <laughs> no, no, it's fine. If that's your, if that's your opinion... Come on, Mick, no. Think he did, he's if he didn't up, yeah. he was good, yeah. That's fine. No, I, I just think he just doesn't bring, like, control. And I think that's what we needed in the game to kind of try and save that out. And... Yeah, you do look silly when you kind of say, oh, why is he not brought Maguire on? I know that's a popular shout at the minute. But I just think with Diamond, it's just when he comes on, it's all like chaos theory. But with like Maguire, he gives you that kind of like authority and control on the game. And I just don't think that like Diamond kind of gave us that when he came on. But I do. Obviously, I take your point. He did assist a goal and fair play one for that. But I just don't think he ever looks like in control when he does come on. I think he on. did. He, he certainly did well if he assist. I, I don't think you could say he could. I know, you, I know you're saying, Mick, I think... Some of the fans are going to have to just accept now that um, this is a decision that's being made for the long term. And Lee Johnson obviously is thinking about Jack Diamond's long-term development at Sunderland. Chris Maguire seemingly doesn't have a future at Sunderland. And what you know, what this brings up is the short-term decisions that can sometimes wind fans up because you say, well, you know, we still need to win these games and Maguire might be a better option. But he is planning for the future with Jack Diamond. And what you're saying there about chaos theory, Mick, I don't know what more was a lot like that when he first broke into the team at Sunderland and then he did sort of polish his game up, didn't he? And the only way you can do it is by playing. And, and and you know, we'll know if this is the right decision probably back end of next season 
I would say uh, I can't see him making a change on that. Uh, although so, you never know. You I never think know, in the, in the context know, like, of that know. game, it was the right change to make him and Jones because it was open and there was space to run into. And that's what they did. Like Maguire, I agree, I agree on Maguire. I agree on Maguire. He should be, he should be getting, he should be used correctly. Gameplay. He started at Wembley as well. He just, he should be used more often. Like in, in, but I, I can understand why they went with somebody who was going to carry the ball because it was a game, like a game of basketball in the last ten minutes. I know what you're saying. I just never, I just don't think you were going to wrestle control at that point in that game. You were ever going to wrestle control back. Like you were never going to calm it down. It was gone. Like they, it would, it had boiled over. It was just irretrievable at that point. It was going to be like it was. It was like a game of basketball at the end. Well, I think we'll move away from the game then, because um, there's a wider debate to be had now. You know, we're, we're practically accepting that Sunderland are in the in the playoffs, and we will talk about that. Um, who's in form? Who's out of form? And what the playoff picture could could be generally, and we'll also like touch on the on, on the Blackpool game as well. The Wise Men Say podcast is brought to you in association with From the Terrace. Cargo shorts for a ten percent discount. Enter the code WMS10 at the checkout stage. Or bucket hats. While you do that, check out the From the Terraces podcast presented by Rory Fallow and Matthew Keeling. T-shirts. For more information, search for From the Terraces on social media. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Okay, we are now going to look ahead a little bit to the Blackpool game, but I just want to discuss the the wider promotion um, picture. I, you kind of uh, hinted at this earlier, Mickey, that there's been a couple of games in this terrible run that Sunderland have actually, you've been quite impressed with the performance. And ironically, that Peterborough away, Holloway, two decent performances where the lads have actually dug in and, and managed to get a result. Peterborough going to goal down and, and you know, playing until the end um, and, and getting a late equaliser, Hull, um you know, on another day, Hull could have won that. On another day, Sunderland could have won that. We've hit the bar in the last couple of minutes. But that's it, really. They're the only two games. And on one hand, you think that's encouraging against the two best teams in the league, you know, when they're concentrating, when they're at it, they can compete. But then the other one was what you've said there. Uh, it's not good that they can blow two-goal lead in the manner that they did against Akron and Stanley because in the playoffs, that could be um, 
absolutely fatal if you're gonna if you're gonna be doing that. So what are we what are we trying to take now from a hope from well, no, say, like, it if, doesn't matter because you know if someone win the next three games it looks very different, doesn't it? In terms of people's optimism well, going into the playoffs. Yeah, it would. And yeah, still I don't subscribe to the idea that we're crap against Charlton and crap against Blackpool. We weren't as good as we have been, but we could have we could have definitely like we should have been two 0 up against Charlton after fifteen minutes. Said this before, and we we've you know we hit the post at one end against Blackpool and they go up the other end and we do what we did. They never really got through us a whole game. Um. But, well, the, the, you know, the, it's the, the manner, the manner, the manner in which we've messed it up in the last six games is is frustrating because performances I don't think have been consistently terrible, but the manner in which we've this the spells in which we've chucked it in those games have been like <laughs> they've stuck out like a sore thumb. Yeah, I mean, firstly. You know, you have to um, respect how good Hull and Peterborough, Hull in particular, have been. Because, you know, so those three games, suddenly Sunderland um, lost. Had Sunderland won all those games and they were um, nine points better off, would just be level on points with Peterborough. So, they've, 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 you know, they've done all right. And Hull in particular, their form has been, uh, has been outstanding. What is interesting is the form of the other sides, which we'll talk about, I think, going into the into the playoffs. So Lincoln now sit fourth um, behind Sunderland, and if they win their game in hand, uh, they'll go above us. They were the ones who hit bad form like we have, and they've come through the other side of that other, which I guess is encouraging a way, because you can it just shows that you can you can turn that round. I mean they lost a hull at the weekend, um, but they won three on a bounce before that. And the Drew of Blackpool before that. So, this is a side going well. Um, and um, anybody fancying Lincoln for the playoffs? Can't see them dropping out now. It's going to be us and Lincoln, right? Let Mickey speak because I've been speaking too much. <laughs> well, after me comments about Diamond, it's probably for the best I don't speak, to be fair. Well, um, to, well everyone's allowed an opinion, Mickey. Just, I don't just, just you know. Even though I'm wrong, um, but <laughs> but no, yeah, Lincoln are in decent form. But look, I just don't think that we, even with this run of form, we should not be fearful of anybody like going into the yeah. playoffs because we should still back ourselves on any given day to be better than any of the teams that's in the mix with us. And I think you when were looking yesterday, Stephen, at like some of our like comparable results against them. And I don't think generally we're fair too badly, have we, over the course of the season? No, we'll have a look at that. We'll have a look at that. We'll quickly now look at the the, the form of the other the other teams. Oxford is a people who have come from from nowhere, don't they? Because they've I think they've won four and five or something. But you know they 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 lost to us and then they lost at home to Wacker and Stanley, and they look like they were gonna um, they were gonna fall off a cliff. Um, and they have. I mean, they they lost midweek, mind. So. Certainly, what we've seen of Oxford, you know, there, there shouldn't be anything to figure there, should there? Um, I agree. With, I agree with Mickey, like on that point. Like, on on uh, as the cliche goes, on our day we can beat anybody. I I'm agree. not bothered who we play. I agree. We've got to make sure we're in it first. I, I mean, we no, should I get agree. in it, and but I, I don't really, I, I don't really care. I think, 
I, I agree. And we're just, we're just looking at the form of the other teams. I think as much as anything, I know like Matt and Rory, as you said, Mick, were like rightly fuming at the end of the game when they did the reaction pod and they made a couple of points about like, oh, um, Blackpool are winning the games now and Portsmouth are winning the games. Like actually some of those teams aren't. Like Blackpool have lost two games in a row since they beat us, um, which means they're clinging on the sixth now. Portsmouth and Charlton are the other two really aren't there who realistically, you know, it's four from those six, isn't it? Um, Portsmouth form is... is Erratic, um, you know, they're one of the weekend, but before that, um, they're in terrible form. I mean, they beat Bristol Rovers, who they relegated, but before that, they lost to Swindon Town, who's been relegated, have they? Or the yeah, 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 yeah. The weekend. So they lost, the, the, I think they lost three on, lost I think three they won one. four and then lost three in a row. Yeah, but they, they lost, they lost at Milton Keane Dons and they drew a crew and they lost at home at Burton. So their forms is not great, um, which leaves Charlton, whose form. Is decent. They obviously lost at the weekend to to Peterborough because um, Peterborough holders beat everybody. Mate, it seems at the moment. But before that, you know, they they, they were picked up some good results, including. They're not actually in the playoffs at the moment, now. though. No, they're not. <laughs> they are, but their form's good. You yeah. know, when you when you look at their last, so Charlton they've um, won three and drawn one and lost one in their last five. So there's um, they like they were when they got promoted uh, at our expense, coming up very late. Um, you're, not, you, you're both right, and I agree. I don't think we should be fearing anybody. But what about we say just our opinions on who you would probably rather avoid, if anybody, or is it just a flat-out nobody? Because Portsmouth, I would rather not, I'll be honest. Yeah, I still think out of those sides, <laughs> yeah. just for obvious reasons, I think still on paper they've got a really good team and they're capable of, you know, I like they did at the stand and we like early in the season. Um that would be the team I'd want to avoid. Anybody else got any picks? I think I think people are saying like, oh, like the whole streaky league thing. Well, I think could even argue it's like streaky league, isn't it? Like when you look at the like the runs of the peaks, yeah, the peaks and troughs of people's like had all season. Like how many times is like the baton almost changed? And like kind of if you take in the league season as a relay, like it seems as all when you listen to like the D three D four podcast throughout the season, there's a different team every other week. Who are like they're gonna like win the league now? Like they're gonna get in the playoffs now? And it just looks as like that, like Hull and um, like Peterborough have kind of grabbed that button at exactly the right time, and we thought we were going to do that. But going into the playoffs, as a, I, I agree with you, Stephen. I want to avoid Portsmouth because I think they've got like a really talented group of players for the league, and I think that now, like with the Cowley brothers, I think we do like they have like a certain like way of playing. It might not be everyone's cup of tea, but I think it could certainly cause us problems. I wouldn't want to go. I don't know who's going to be fifth for the playoffs, but I wouldn't want to go into a two-legged tie with Portsmouth, nor like the threat they can pause, like kind of like going like directing, like getting balls in the box with like kind of like all nine, like barely right center off, and having like maybe like a weaker uh, option at fullback with Max Power or somebody like that. I wouldn't want to be facing Portsmouth at all. But then again, if you get the final, the last per- play, um, team won the players Charlton, <laughs> so it's just one of them. Well, Char- you know, Charlton have got four games, the eight at the moment. Charlton, yeah. Um, two, and, two points off, though. Yeah, they're only two points off, but they've, they've got Crew, Acton, Lincoln, and Hull. Crew seem to have like tanked. I mean, they, they were tough, you know, to, to give people a game a little while ago. But the, you know, the pressure's on the games now. You know, the pressure's on those games. Acton um, only six points off it. <laughs> so they, 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 you know, I mean, they're, MK in 12, they're in twelfth. They're, yeah. they're only six points off it. So hilarious. They'll, they you know, it's in. unlikely. It's very unlikely, but they'll be wanting to win their games to give themselves every possible chance. It's probably not going to be enough. You know, like three wins from them would, you know, would put them on fifty-one points, which is um, not would, so, would, 71. Um, 71 points, 
which is probably not going to be enough because Blackpool and Oxford would only need four points to go past that. But yeah. you don't, you never, they're going to want to win and give themselves every chance, aren't they? So, yeah. I can't believe Oxford are fifth. I mean, I know they've played a game, two games more than Blackpool, one more than than uh, Portsmouth and two more than Charlton, but and MK Dons as well in ninth on, on 64 points. I mean, if they had not at the start of the season that they had, they they could sneak in. Like like you say, it is a streaky league. It's just all teams just seen I mean, crew were on the edge of the playoffs for a while, and then they've just dropped off. Burton, who were bottom of the league and looked dead and buried, somehow managed to accumulate, you know, 53 points. It's uh it's quite something really, like when you look at it, it's you know, it's it is unbelievable. Like it's just a daft league. It is. I mean, I'm I'm just glad it looks like we've done it. I mean, you know, it looks like we've done enough yeah. now, doesn't it? I mean, Lincoln have got yeah. a couple of tough games. Lincoln have got Peterborough and Charlton to play. Obviously, Peter will be promoted, but they'll be looking at the championship now, won't they? Peterborough want to win the lead. They've got a game in hand yeah. on Hull, yeah, which would take them within, um, would take them within a point. Yeah, and obviously. It's, they've got to play Charlton, so they've got a couple, you know, a couple of tough games. Link, I think they've got Shrewsbury, and I can't remember what the other game is that they've got. Lincoln, have a look. It'd be disappointing. I think psychologically, I know people say you don't want to play the team in six because they're the team in form. I don't think that's the case. It's in not this, always the in case, this, in this, no, the average, I mean, it's very compact there, and it's going to be like, and <laughs> it one a result either way. That's going to do it. It's going to go down um, the wire, and it's going to be one of those where on the last game of the season, that those six playoff positions are going to move around throughout yeah. the year. It's, so they're going to be that, which is so, quite exciting in a way. But it's you know the 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 overall objective for us was to get automatically promoted. So yeah. it's still it's still going to be disappointing. But um, yeah, you Twists just want and to turns be, as the cliche goes. You just want to be you just want to be third, so you can say well. We missed out on automatics, but we're the third best team in the division. Does it matter? Do we think there's much? There's much I think it the, does. I think it, it does I, matter. I, because, like what you said there, people often say, um, you know, be wary of the team that come in sixth because they have come in on form. But there's more often than not, there's such a big difference between the team that finishes in third and sixth in the playoffs yeah. and generalizing quite a lot. And there's just not. There's just, just not this year. I just think it matters in from a fan's mentality. Think about, you know, the. The Jack Ross season that keeps on getting brought up at the moment. The fact we were, you know, where we were and then dropped a fifth. I think, you know, psychologically, it's not great, I don't think, for the mood of supporters. I think if you finish third, you can go right. We didn't go up automatically, but, you know, we we finished third. And I think... You know, I think it's important on paper we do that. I mean, it's it's funny because we could finish third and we we can't achieve the total we did to finish fifth yeah. when we got eighty five points. So I know you're right; it doesn't really matter. But I think you know, I prefer it if we did. I don't I don't want to be finishing fifth again or sixth after being third and looking like. Giving ourselves a great chance of going up automatically, going into the playoffs. Well, the D D three D four lads had put a graphic out, hadn't they, of the points yeah. per game for the the sides involved in the playoff, and 
Um, Sunderland was second in that particular uh, little league table, um, and uh, Blackpool are top currently on on over two points a game for that. And then we we came after that, followed by Portsmouth, followed by Lincoln. Oxford's point per game is way below everybody else's. It's zero point five seven. They've only took eight points from those fourteen games. Um, the aggregate scores for Sunderland. So um, Lincoln, the aggregate score will be five one to Sunderland. Going off for two league games. Um, Blackpool, we've only played once, so you know we, you could see we will play them tomorrow, and you could see we're currently go down if it was a playoff situation. Oxford, like Lincoln, five one uh, in Sunderland's favour. Portsmouth would, be, would have been an interesting one because we that's three three. We lost at home and then beat them away. Yeah. And now obviously your context is entirely removed from that, isn't it? Um, and then Charlton. Charlton three, Sunderland one is an aggregate score, which, like you, Gareth, I mean, a beggar's belief that's the case because we, you know, we were the better team in both of those games. <laughs> um, that first game when we 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 drew, we drew nil nil, didn't we? Um, at the Valley, and we absolutely battered Charlton that day. Yeah. You talked um, about removing context. You forget that day. I think it might have been one of Danny Graham's first starts after yeah. he like signed back from the club. And actually, he missed a couple of easier chances. But you thought, you know what? Like he led the line really well, and he just needs a goal. And he could. <laughs> yeah, it's he missed an open goal, didn't he? Um, yeah, that was that was a game like a bit like Doncaster away, where he was like, "How did we not win that game? We absolutely yeah. battered him." Like Gareth said, there we were. Um, you know, we, we should have been two 0 up and out of sight before we give Charlton a sniff. Um, I think that shows, though, doesn't it, how brutal the playoffs can be? Because you, look at Wickham last year, watch them in the playoffs when they shouldn't have even been there, and they didn't really play well in any of the games, and they managed to win the whole thing. So it, it, it can be brutal, can't it? The playoffs, um, and we just want to avoid Sunderland Charlton final. I can't be done with that again. Can we? <laughs> We're just yeah. sick of all the same players getting interviewed about the same things and all mm-hmm. the highlights being shown and stuff. It's, uh, yeah. Oh, well, tomorrow will give us a good um, an indication of where the players' heads are at, won't they? Do you think it might help in a way now that, that automatic promotion's gone? It's seemingly gone. That, you know, Peter would have to lose every game. We'd have to win every game. It's very unlikely to happen. We can just almost like there's a pressure off a little bit, you know what I mean? And it's a case of let's just let's just start doing the right things and play ourselves back into some form before the playoffs start. I agree, but it's worrying if they do feel like the pressure's off because that means what happens when the playoffs roll around if we're going to crumble again. Like it's the, the mentality of the players, like should be like a lot stronger than that. And I think it is important. They won a cup final. They won a cup final this year. Yeah, with, but, with a pressure on as but, well. But, but did those pressure on? But we were an excellent run of form at the time. That's what I'm saying. So, like, if we go in now and we think, oh, well, the pressure's off and, like, let's, and we've got some, like, kind of games against Plymouth and Northampton that we should both be beating comfortably, same with Arton and Stanley, and we're, and we're suddenly thinking, oh, well, this is fine, and then we'll win them games, and then suddenly we're back to the pressure coup with the playoffs, and we're like, oh, well, we've actually still only won three games in nine. No, we need to go in and we need to have, like, the attitude, get these wins on the board, go in with a little bit of momentum, and then we can, then we can build again. And I agree with Gareth, it's really important to go into these games in the playoffs just with a little bit of like form, bit of momentum and a bit of self-belief because that just seems to have completely evaporated at the moment. Especially, I think, Blackpool as well, psychologically, keep on saying that word tonight, but looking at, like, they've lost to Rochdale and Shrewsbury. They've lost two games in a row, yeah. So they'll be thinking, oh, if we come up against a good team and lose that, 
then they're going into their last two games of the season a bit of a similar attitude, like thinking, well, what's happened here? How we we went on a run where we won beaten in about seventeen games, and we've just lost two and the bounce to, you know, Shrewsbury were in terrible form and and uh, Rochdale who battling to to stay up. Um, we need to stop so, the rot, don't we? Yeah, I think we need well, a win, don't yeah, we? Oh, yeah. we, need, we, we need we need a sooner rather than later because Absolutely. I wouldn't want you know we, we need to play ourselves back in a little bit of form. And we can, I think, you know, we can win the game as well. It's like look at the game we played against them. We we outplayed Blackpool, in my opinion, for like the vast majority of that game. We controlled the game and then just chucked it in in that moment of stupidity after you know hitting the post. Then we had one clear off the line, all that kind of thing. You know, it's it was just one of those days. The Blackpool game, and the, the problem is, it's all these daft stuff happened all at once. But if he is streaky, let's get on. You know, let's get on streak. The, the streak, the upward tick. Because if you hit form, if you hit form on that first playoff game, then you fancy us. I think we've got you. Know, we've got the game. The first leg of the playoffs, I believe, would be the eighteenth of May. Um, at the early, I think it would be the eighteenth of May. So we've got, you know, three weeks. I think it'll be best part of maybe longer. Um, yeah, so just over three weeks it would be from the from tomorrow, first leg of the playoffs. You know, we've got time to get, you know, you'd, you'd expect Flanagan to be available at that point. Surely, Sanderson could come back in. Um, so McLaughlin could come back. So straight away, and you've had a break. You know they've been playing so much, like they've been playing week in week out, two days a week for months, and we've had all the injuries and all that. You know, we'd have a nice. You know, going to the getting the end of the season, win you know, win your games to the end of the season, have that break, get some bodies back in, um, and you know, it could be going into the playoffs with a completely different attitude, as you know, a lot more confident. Um, you know, I don't know if it's allowed. Yeah. I mean, you know, Will Griggs Let's scored for the weekend, didn't he? Oh no! I mean, thought yeah. Get him, get him back in. Take Embleton from Blackpool as well. Well, can we, can we do that? I don't know. They should be looking. Funny, they should be looking it? to do it. You should be looking to do it. Absolutely. Give you said you know you can't. You know, make, you know we're not even make friends. Get Embleton yeah. back. Put Grig on the bench in case we're chasing a game. Right. I just one more Lock point. Change. Out. One more. Go on, point then. Go on then. Finish. Finish it off, Mickey. <laughs> All right, <laughs> I didn't know that kind of show, but um, <laughs> but anyway, um, I just think the point I was trying to make earlier in a bit of a ham fisted way, I think it's vital that we do get a bit of form going because I want other teams to be kind of favoring us as we go into the playoffs rather than looking and thinking, oh, well, Sunderland haven't won a game in nine, which could be the case if we do make a mess of our last few games. I want us to be saying, oh, well, like Sunderland had a bit of a blip, but actually since February, we've shown like really consistent form. And obviously we've got like the name Sunderland does evoke that certain bit of like fear as well. So let's hope we can get into the playoffs with teams again, sitting up, taking notes and like not wanting to play Sunderland. Because I think at the minute teams will be wanting to play us and that's not what should be happening. Yeah, no, I agree. But three wins would do that. I think absolutely. If we can go and win our last three games, 
Pooh would say, all right, the other little blip, the back on the good streak, as Gav's just said there. So we've got to be positive, you know. We, we can't really be anything else. It's done now. And, you know, drawing a Peter and drawing a whole lot of results that, that, that stopped us getting promoted. It's it's the one like Saturday. So tomorrow might show us a lot. And Matthew and Rory will be back to um, look at that and look forward to the weekend as well. So thanks, as always, for listening. <laughs> Serves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.